Welcome to episode nine of Dirt Stories. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Becca Grieb, and today I'm chatting with Ryan, Vice President of Corporate Development and Partnerships at Assignar. Assignar is a cloud-based online platform built to help construction crews and contractors work safer and more efficiently. We're super excited to dive into today's conversation with Ryan. Let's get started. Today, uh, we're chatting all about safety and efficiency on the job site. So Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Becca. Good to be here. We're really glad to have you here today. We think, uh, you know, your company and your role is playing a really valuable role in safety and efficiency on the job site. So we're really excited to kind of dive into that a little bit deeper. Great. Looking forward to it. So let's kick things off. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started? Sure, you bet. So uh, as you mentioned, I'm the Vice President of Corporate Development and Partnerships here at Assigner. Um, we're an early stage company, so I wear a lot of different hats, but, um, but mainly my job is to advise on our overall strategy, working cross-functionally, and then also I work externally with uh, industry, uh, industry leaders and, and um, influencers, um, specifically like large companies that, um, that also provide technology and services for construction. Okay, so industry influencers, <clears throat> excuse me, industry influencers, can you tell me a little bit more about those partnerships and what that looks like? Yeah, of course. So, you know, you've, across the uh, solutions spectrum here, you've got companies like Procore and Oracle and Autodesk and Trimble, um, who all have large portfolios um, to provide solutions to general contractors and subcontractors. Um, nobody has one one size fits all. And so it's really about combining solutions and creating partnerships between the different companies that is the best case scenario for our contractor customers. So I work really hard to make sure that we're aligned to those large companies and the small companies and, and that we stay up on um, uh, the solutions that are coming to market and that we account for that in the way that we integrate to uh, the solutions providers. Gotcha. Okay. So you mentioned, you mentioned Trimble. Did you, I believe you worked there at one point. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So I, uh, I actually started um, in construction there at Trimble. So I, I uh, came to Trimble in 2013. Um, early in my career, I was, uh, I, I say I was a finance nerd. So I, I studied <laughs> finance and uh, was an accountant for, uh, for Vail here in Colorado. Um, but um, long and short of it is I, I had a career in healthcare before coming to Trimble, healthcare supply chain automation, and um, I played both finance and product and marketing roles at that company. And so when I came to Trimble, my first role, I, I uh, was the global financial controller for the heavy civil construction division. Um, and it really was a great place to start. I learned a lot about construction and working with that team learned a lot about uh, solutions all around the globe. And um, after a very short period of time in the finance role, I decided to move into product and marketing and actually help to uh, deliver, um, design and deliver solutions to the, the contractor market. Wow. So product, marketing, and accounting. That is quite the background. <laughs> Dangerous combination, maybe. Wow. That, that's, that's wild. That's interesting. So what was your first 
your first experience working with technology then? So um, it's actually related to construction somewhat. So I, I mentioned I was an accountant for Vail. I, I actually said that was my first career failure. I moved up to the mountains to be a ski bum. I failed <laughs> and uh, became an accountant. Um, but uh, after uh, three seasons um, doing accounting with Vail, I moved down to Denver and started working for IBM. And it was IBM Global Services. Um, and we were supporting the utilities industry at the time. And so my first real exposure to technology was in the way that, that IBM com, uh, combined a number of different solutions from, from IBM internally and also externally to provide automation for the utilities companies. And so this was IT infrastructure and application development um, to facilitate um, monitoring and measuring utilities as well as interacting with utilities customers. Okay. So... So when did you realize that construction tech was going to be the sector you worked in? How did you make that transition? And that, I think that relates back to the story. I, I had left IBM and um, went into healthcare technology. And, and this is in the early, early 2000s when, before cloud was cool. And I saw how, uh, how cloud-based technologies really um, brought healthcare forward. And, and I really had... Um, you know, really interested, you know, as, as a, a guy early in my career in, in staying in industries um, that, uh, you know, were buffered a little bit by economic um, variables. And so healthcare was, was a good one for me, but also um, knew that, that construction um, was, was similar, especially um, infrastructure and civil construction. It's usually one of the leading uh, industries um, for economic recovery. And so if I moved from, from healthcare to something else, I wanted it to also be safe and secure. Mm -hmm. um, and so construction really made, made sense for me. And also, um, just in growing up, I grew up in Colorado, um, had a lot, of, uh, a lot of family and friends who were in the construction industry. And, um, you know, these are, these are real people, salt of the earth type people that uh, they get their hands and their boots dirty. And that's uh, something I really respected. So, so all, you know, kind of a, a number of factors led, led to that. Uh, decision. Nice. I think that makes a lot of sense. Civil construction. So let's talk a little bit about Assignar and the company. Can you tell our listeners what the company is and what you do? Yeah, sure. So Assigner is an operations platform for self-perform and subcontractors. And, and what we do is um, it's a schedule-based platform where we manage resource scheduling. So that could be um, crews and equipment, um, but also it goes a layer deeper and manages all of the attributes required um, for those crews and equipment to, to be effective on the job site. So whether it's equipment or vehicle maintenance um, or safety and certifications, qualifications for crews. And we bring all of that information together on a, on a web application that's, um, that ties into um, our mobile application. So we connect the office and the field um, and we help uh, subcontractors and self-performing general contractors um, be proactive with their schedule and ensuring that their resources are, are fit for service and available for service um, to execute on the projects that they, they undertake. Okay, great. So you kind of touched a little bit on, on the scheduling side of it. Are there specific pain points that contractors face that, that a signer is trying to solve or is solving? Yeah, absolutely. So one of, you know, Construction is a is a um, industry with within margins, and so any delays um, or cost overruns can 
can really be detrimental to the owner of the project or to all of the contractor stakeholders on the job site. And so what we try to do at Assigner is, is taking that information from the field real time back to the office and allowing those who are managing resources across all projects to make decisions quickly. And so that can be anything from productivity information or compliance information about uh, of job site safety or, or vehicle inspection, um, all the way down to incident management um, if something happens on the job site. So, so the idea there is that um, you know, we allow contractors to see what's going on now and help them plan for the future. Gotcha. So if I, so if I'm using uh, the assigner tool uh, in my role, it's helping me to, to schedule, you said kind of both on the vehicle maintenance side of things as well as with a crew um, and then incident management. So I would log an incident and what happens to that information after I log it in the tool. Yeah, that's exactly right. And maybe a clarification. Um, we schedule out vehicles for construction operations and also for maintenance, but you're exactly right. So if there's an incident, let's say something even as benign as uh, as we would maybe think as, you know, low tire pressure or, a, a, you know, a, a brake light or something, um, that's very important to maintaining compliance on the job site. And so you can flag that in the signer's mobile application and route that for resolution to any number of stakeholders within your company and also shows up on the dashboard for those who are scheduling, uh, you know, scheduling the work on the job site. So if there is an incident that um, is going to uh, delay progress on the job site, then our customers know immediately um, all of the crews that are impacted by that, the clients, other dependent work orders or projects associated with that, as well as any of the equipment or equipment attachments that may be impacted by that incident. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So there are multiple people within a business that would be using the tool to communicate with each other and, and that that's sort of right. thing. Yeah, that's right. Best, best practice implementation of a signer is that you know, these days everybody has a, has a mobile phone. Um, and so um, all levels of the organization can benefit by getting the visibility that, that a signer can offer. So everyone from, uh, you know, the grade checker or the uh, equipment operator all the way to the CEO of the company um, has the ability to interact with a signer and, and get information that's really relevant to their day-to-day -day activities. Right. Okay, so today, today's episode, we're, we're focusing a lot on, on safety and efficiency. It, it sounds like there's so many more components that we need to talk about as well. So can you tell me a little bit about your customers, who they are, um, yeah. maybe different use cases for, for a signer as well? Yeah, absolutely. So our typical customers are, as I mentioned, self-perform and subcontractors. Usually they have between 50 to 300 workers um, in their company. Um, and they're usually um, you know, earning about, um, call it 50 to $500 million in, in revenue. So we would call them kind of a, a mid-sized um, contractor. Um, because we handle crews and equipment and, and the coordination of those, um, it's usually heavy construction. Um, and so um, you know, civil construction, um, utilities contractors, um, even some of the uh, what we would call civil services, civil construction services companies like traffic or waterproofing, um, they have to coordinate um, crews and equipment. And I think the real, the key factor here is that, you know, when you have crews and equipment on the job site, relating it back to safety, um, the topic today, 
Um, those crews have to maintain their skills, their, their site orientations, their certifications and licenses. And a signer helps track all of those um, to help make sure that the job site is both compliant and also um, proactively you know, managed for, for safety and, and, um, and, and awareness. So a signer is, is a SaaS software company. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about SaaS? what that means, what it is, how it works. Yeah, absolutely. I think SaaS and subscription usually get conflated a bit, um, but they are related. So subscription software is something that you pay on a, on a frequent basis, monthly, quarterly, annually, and it has to do with the financial terms. SaaS software is a method of delivering software. So in, in the old days, you would purchase software and and it would, you would either download it or, or even further back, um, it would come on a, on a disc CD or something. And, and you would take that software and you would put it on, onto your computer. Software as a service um, is just that it's a service. It's something that, um, that you have access to um, and you can use um, you know, whatever the value of the service is. And so we log in online or, or through a mobile device um, and that service is offered to you. Um, it leverages cloud architecture, so all of the computing and the storage happens um, in, in various data centers. And the benefits there is um, you don't have to rely on, on your laptop, um, you know, maintaining good health. So these, these, uh, these data centers have redundancy and, and backups um, far greater than you can have on your phone and on your laptop. Uh-huh. So, so we really rely on the, the processing speed of those data centers as well as the security and redundancy of those data centers to provide um, a really, um, you know, a really high quality, um, robust software um, solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many layers, layers in there. I love that you were, when you talked about cloud earlier when you were talking about your career and how it's progressed, you said, you know, you were doing it before cloud was cool. <laughs> yeah. That might I love date that. me a little bit, but yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, okay, let's switch gears a little bit and dive into safety and efficiency on the job site. Mm-hmm. What are the primary concerns or challenges in regards to safety and efficiency on job sites today? Yeah, so I think it comes down to, these are not, um, you know, this isn't comprehensive, but for me, it comes down to, to three main things. Um, you know, the knowledge and the skill and training of, of the workforce, um, the, the maintenance of the equipment on the job site, and that can be everything from, you know, hammers to bulldozers, um, and also the job site itself, the environment. And so, you know, when those three things are, are going well, um, process ties those together, um, and visibility, you know, helps that process. But I think if, if those three pillars are in good working order, um, you have a higher probability of, of uh, uh, you know, of, of quality safety. Right. And how, how has technology changed how people talk about safety or has it? Um, it, it has. And the reason that it has is that there, there is now, because of technology, improved visibility um, and improved uh, what I would call or decreased, you know, timing, decrease lag in timing. So, so there's this real time nature that technology connects the digital and the physical worlds. And so now instead of waiting for the paperwork to come in at the end of the week or the end of the month, um, 
notifications can come in real time. Um, you know, in terms of uh, um, looking across large projects, technology allows that visibility um, to be aggregated at a, at a level that's consumable um, across multiple projects, multiple stakeholders, um, you know, in some instances, millions of points of data. And so you can put controls in place now and start to predict um, where issues are going to arise looking at historical data and also by being able to take action on real-time data in a way that you couldn't before. Right. So, so earlier when you were talking about your customers, you said, you know, you're focused on, on heavy and civil. Does that, does, do the concerns around safety and efficiency change in different parts of the industry? I think they do. I think heavy civil construction, um, because of the nature of large equipment on the job site, um, increases the risk somewhat. Certainly there are, there are um, what I would call trades or, or sub-verticals within industries that um, because of location or, or type of job, you know, high-risk electrical contracting, things like that, have kind of an equal amount of risk. But anytime you combine, you know, humans and machines, um, those machines are really powerful um, and they take skill to operate. Um, and also an awareness from people not operating the machines to stay out of harm's way. And so, um, you know, these, these are um, high-risk job sites um, in and of themselves, um, just because of the nature of working with, with um, the materials, right? So moving dirt and pouring concrete, but mm -hmm. then you add large machinery to the mix um, and it, and it uh, you know, exponentially increases the safety issues. Right. That makes sense. Increased risk. This podcast is sponsored by Dozer, the world's first heavy equipment rental e-commerce solution. Search equipment rentals online anytime at dozer.com. So let's talk about data. Our listeners, our listeners vary quite a bit. You know, this is a construction tech podcast. A lot of our listeners are either working in the field on the job site or total opposite. They're working in the tech world. Um, unrelated to, to construction sometimes. So I want to talk a little bit about data and the role that it plays in safety efficiency. Can you walk me through that a little bit? Yeah, certainly. So I think data has kind of the three elements that uh, we, we somewhat touched on, right? So there's historical data, there's real-time data, and then there's predictive data. Um, and I think that, um, you know, as companies uh, systemize and automate their operations, um, they're able to make use of all three of those time phases of data. Um, you can look at your past performance um, and analyze that to, to um, you know, make improvements on your processes or, or improvements on, on your safety. Um, you can look at, um, as we mentioned, leveraging technology for real-time information. So that's really about speed of response. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, analyzing data to, to start to predict um, where issues are going to be. And, and for us at Assigner, um, the way that we do that is we look at um, putting more time into scheduling. So what types of resources, what types of skills and requirements, um, what types of relationships between subcontractor and general contractor or, or the owner has certain um, requirements for that job site um, before you actually even schedule your resources, putting the information, putting that data into the system so that you can make good decisions about planning 
and having the right resources, so the resources that are fit for service at the right time um, when that time comes. And so the, without a, a, a platform that brings all of that data together, um, it's impossible to take either point solutions or, or whiteboards um, or even you know, notes um, off of paper and really make those kinds of decisions and implement those processes. So it's, it, the data is critically important um, and, and the way to, uh, to kind of get the value of that is, is to have it on a platform where that data can interact. Mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense, making smarter decisions, but also moving faster and being more efficient as a result of having the data to make those decisions. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. So safety and efficiency, you know, you just kind of said this, they're becoming more and more important in construction. And the connection between a safe job site and an efficient job site is being recognized, you know, kind of as one really. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about safety and we've covered this a lot on the dozer and the dozer hub on our blog and in our podcast a little bit as well, mental health is a component of safety that is kind of coming to the forefront a little bit more in construction topics more so I would say now than ever. Mm -hmm. How do you see safety um, or technology and, and safety in the construction industry adapting to these new standards as they branch beyond just physical safety with machinery and on the job site and moving into that mental health space? Yeah, of course. So we have customers today using our product designer to manage fatigue. And one of the, you know, one of the complicating factors um, to managing uh, mental health is actually it's a physical factor of job site fatigue. And so being able to analyze data about, um, you know, how many shifts, um, you know, your operators are on, how long they're in the cab, what type of work that they're doing, what time of day they're doing those work, um, and whether or not they're, you know, even, even um, interrogating kind of their mental health state with, um, you know, with, with forms and questions. Um, you can begin to um, break down those barriers between kind of the, the mental or emotional and, and physical um, because ultimately um, issues in, in the mental emotional space manifest themselves in terms of physical risk. And so mm -hmm. what best, you know, what psychologists, psychiatrists, you know, are saying are best leading indicators, you can start to implement um, the management and, and um, observation of those um, by using technology. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good point talking about the fatigue. And it, it, I think that goes back to, data that you're talking about, historical, real-time, and predictive, and, and looking at how those two work together. If you're looking at an individual, you know, working on a job site, what does the historical data tell us about how many hours they're putting in um, and what's, what's happening with productivity and efficiency on the job site? Yeah, you can even start to begin to see, you know, we see this in the software development world um, with the advent of, of agile software development and, and looking at um, measuring productivity of uh, software development teams um, and looking at their velocity of how much code they're, they're putting through. Uh, right. Seeing crews on the job site, um, same team, right? Crews got the same, same manager, but their productivity is slipping. You can start to um, interrogate the data and look at reasons why. Could be the type of job. Could be that one person on the on the job, um, you know, is, is struggling with something outside of the job site, and and um, you can start to ask ask the right questions 
um, because you can get to a level of visibility that you just couldn't before. Mm -hmm. I think that that's super valuable and it's, it's going to be more important, I think, as we progress as well in the industry. Yeah, agreed. So what kind of advice do you have for small business owners that haven't maybe uh, taken on as many tech tools or solutions like a signer? What, do you, what advice do you have for them for where they can get started or what they should know? Look, I think, um, you know, most construction owners would say, especially those who have, you know, what I call the dirty boots of, of our industries, you know, <laughs> they have out on the job site. Um, if there was a new pair of gloves or a new pair of boots that um, worked better, that protected your crews better, made them more effective, more efficient, um, you wouldn't hesitate to work with, with that vendor and, and, you know, in a cost-effective way, outfit your crew. I think that, you know, small business owners, large and small business owners, need to start looking at technology more like they look at the rest of their tools. Um, you know, there are certain advantages um, to implementing technology and there are also inherent risks. And so being smart about how you select your technology um, and how you implement that technology to serve your business over time. But I don't think that it, that we're at a place in this day and age where you can exclude technology from your operations plans and from your strategy. Uh -huh. And so I would say much like you would about making um, you know, decisions about, you know, new heavy equipment or, or new gloves or boots on the, on the job site, consider technology um, as, as the same. It's a tool and uh, implement a strategy that, that works for your business over a timeline that fits your business. Mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. We talk about that at Dozer a lot too, that tech is, tech is really a partner for a lot of uh, businesses now. It's not that, that add-on it's not meant to make anything more complicated. It really is the partner, the solution that you need in whatever way um, serves your pain points best. I think that makes a lot of sense. So safety on the job site in 20, let's say 2025, what do you think the biggest challenges will be or what do you think people will be talking about most in the industry? Hmm, that's interesting. I think you know, 2025, five years from now, I think, um, I think what we'll have uh, accomplished from between now and then is a, a, an easier way to implement physical technical solutions. So physical hardware, IOT type strategy and, and purely digital software as a service based um, platforms. Um, today, you know, if I look back five years, it was very difficult to connect um, physical or, or hardware technology to software platforms. There, you know, there were industries and consultancies being spun up all over the place to, to write code to integrate these things. Um, I think you'll start to see some standardizations, but I also think you'll see the you know middleware interoperability that'll allow even greater visibility and true kind of realization of IoT onto construction and one of the things I talk about is that you know as an industry we're kind of chasing after what um, leading industries like manufacturing have done where they created true enterprise resource planning true ERP by combining their financial systems with the systems on the factory floor that um, manage their operations and and those those um, those tools on the factory floor you know 
had sensors and measures for, for everything. It's the creation of lean construction, or sorry, lean manufacturing and Kanban and all of those things. Well, construction is much the same, um, but it has the complexity where the factory moves and the product stays put. And every time the factory moves, so does the supply chain. And so if we can bridge that gap between the physical world and the digital world and do it in a way that's, that allows even small contractors to adopt this technology, I think we'll have moved the industry forward. And I think in five years, you're going to see that that was a, you know, a big leap. Um, you know, what are they going to be talking about in terms of the future? Um, that's anybody's guess, but uh, you know, maybe bringing, um, bringing um, more closely together, um, you know, the, the different functions continually um, within within the construction uh, continuum, rather, um, you know, engineering and construction and, and maintenance. Um, you know, I think we see a trend, um, you know, brewing there where um, contractors are going to be able to do uh, larger portions of the life cycle. And, and my guess is technology is going to help facilitate that. Mm -hmm. I think that was really well said. <laughs> I, I'm excited to see uh, to see what happens to the industry over the next five, ten years. You know, we're we're. I, I'd say I think it's fair to say you know this industry is behind others in a lot of ways, especially as it relates to tech. But I think um, companies are starting to take on these tools, and and uh, we're seeing a lot of growth, a lot of growth happening across the industry. Agreed. Agreed. Glad to be part of it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. This discussion was really interesting. I, I, I think a lot about IoT, you kind of touched on this too, the physical tools and the software and how they're going to be working together um, to support businesses in this industry as we move forward. And I think that's something that I'm excited to see a little bit more of as well in, in increasing efficiencies and in, in, in helping with safety on the job site. So before we say goodbye today, I wanted to, of course, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure talking to you and hearing a little bit about your background and your thoughts on where we're headed in 2025 and, and where we are now. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with before we say goodbye? Um, well, I, I would say thanks for the invitation, Becca. Um, always, always great to have these conversations to, you know, put, uh, you know, holistically think about everything and put it in, into perspective. Um, no, I, I think I would just say, as I mentioned before, that um, I would encourage all, all contractors um, to think about technology in the same way they think about all of the other tools that they've been purchasing for a very long time. Um, it, it's, a, um, it's a tool that you use in your operations and in, in managing your back office. Um, and that um, there isn't a one-size-fits-all, and, and you also, um, you know, will have to make investments in, in resources and, and support to, to successfully implement these solutions, um, but it would be no different than buying, like I said, a new set of gloves or a, a new bulldozer. Um, you have to account for that in your strategy, um, and why not start now? I love it. I couldn't agree more. Well, we're excited to uh, to follow a signer and see what you guys are up to over the next couple of months and years. So please keep in touch and uh, we appreciate you joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Again, thanks for having me and, uh, and best of luck to you guys as well. Thanks so much, Ryan. We'll talk to you soon.
Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you'd like to read more about articles on topics about construction safety and project efficiency, visit dozer.com slash blog. Follow us on Instagram at dozerhub for the latest news in the industry and follow our blogs and podcasts through the Dirt Stories hashtag on social media. Want to be featured on the podcast? Contact us via social media or the Dozer blog if you or someone you know has a dirt story to share. Today's episode was sponsored and produced by Dozer, the world's first online equipment rental experience. Visit dozer.com for more.